This is my mom, Beverly Goldberg, a shoulder-padded, crunchy-haired mother warrior whose top priority was always her kids. Before helicopter moms and attachment parenting, she was the original smother. Circular motions. We've had this discussion. Just give it to me. See? Feel that difference? Make a bunny face. She was all over us from early in the morning to late at night. Who wants a sleepover snack? <laughs> First one to fall asleep gets their bra frozen. Why are you in here? All right. Hello and welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here on a, on a beautiful Thursday night. It just rained a little in Louisville, but the temperatures are becoming more mild. So thank you if you're listening. I'm very excited about this episode. We're going to mix it up quite a bit. I know last week that we featured our first ever Louisville kind of centric media person as the guest. And then this week, we're totally changing things up and bringing our first mother on the podcast. So Haley Minow from WHSA, WHAS 11 as a news anchor there is joining us. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be the first mom. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I know. And even like so many people that I talk to and stuff, if they ever are a podcast listener, it's a lot of times it is women. And then even my family tonight, my wife and my daughter were like asking more questions. They normally don't care. It's just like, what time do you have to do it? What time is it over? Because I kind of, uh, you know, have to force silence among the house. But Today, they were really excited and asking more questions and stuff. So I think they're excited to hear from Yay! a mom's point of view. So I wanted just a little bit, uh, Haley, to kind of go over your background, because I'll be honest, like, so you are friends with friends of ours of the show with like the Kentucky Roll Call guys. Um, so I've yeah. kind of heard you on their show and stuff. And then I didn't know much about you, but I'll say this. So like I found your your um, WHAS like bio on there and man, is it rich with information. I feel like I know so much about you now. I know. I feel like I've kind of been all over the world and done all kind of everything, even though I haven't barely been out of like the southern part of the United States. <laughs> like, I feel like I've done so many crazy things. Um, so I went to the University of Kentucky. I graduated in 2014. Um, I when I was in college, uh, some people might recognize my name. I wrote for women's basketball uh, for Kentucky Sports Radio. And then before summer before I graduated, I did a social media internship at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. So that was amazing. Um, and then when I graduated, I started my TV career in Hazard, Kentucky, working for WIMT as an anchor and reporter. And I was there for about 18 months. And then I went and lived on the Gulf Coast in the Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida TV market. Uh, I was down there for, I don't know, three years. Uh, and then came back to Louisville when my son was three weeks old. Wow. And I know, right? And uh, now I anchor our four o'clock news at WHAS 11. So Monday through Friday at four o'clock. Oh, okay. I was, you know, I was wondering because I don't get a chance to watch any local news kind of what, what your shift is because I'm actually going to bring a little point up about this in a minute, but a good friend of mine's in the news business and I know it is, it is very tough as far as your schedule and just kind yes. of living a normal life. Yeah, the hours when I first got the job here in Louisville, um, I moved back to Louisville very suddenly, uh, just me and my son. He was, like I said, he was three weeks old, so I can't even... I'm not even cleared to like barely drive a car yet, you know, post baby. And um, they had an opening at the station, but the opening was for weekend morning anchor. Mm. So I am like 10 weeks postpartum when I get this job. And there are nights that I'm having to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning to go to work. And like, you know, I moved in with my parents so my parents were helping me and like, it was just, it was crazy. It was so crazy. I can't even imagine that. That sounds insanely difficult. And then actually I have, maybe this will kind of bond us together a little bit, but I know I had a similar thing, but mine was like, I guess a little bit different as far as it was a, a big choice that we just made. But I took Calvin, my th he was about three, maybe four weeks to the NCAA tournament in Jacksonville because I had the opportunity to cover it. It was my first NCAA tournament. Like my wife is awesome. My wife Heather's amazing. She knew for, I mean, it was like a dream come true for me. So we rented a car, we drove to Jacksonville, you know, the baby never got out, did in the hotel. It was great. Um, her family lives in Florida, so they came, but 
Definitely, I tried to like keep that a little bit of a secret until now that he's like grown up and like nothing bad happened, and I'm not like three weeks old. I mean, that's old enough. You're fine. Good, babies good. are resilient. Babies are. <laughs> I tell people all the time. People are like, oh, there's so, babies are like rubber. Honestly, like babies are. are <laughs> Are a little. You got to give them a little more credit than they get. They're not. They're not super fragile. I give that advice to new fathers too, because I struggle with that at first. I'm like, I think I say something like, "You can't break them," even though that's not true. And then <laughs> when when my kid has a hard fall, I'll definitely like drop in the little like, "Oh, baby's bones bend" type thing. Yeah. But so, so you're right. That's kind of a parent lesson. Once you have a baby, you know that sometimes you just kind of gotta snatch them up, and they'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be all right. They're good. They're good. All right, so we usually start the show, and I've obviously already given mine away, and we normally do TV dads, obviously. If you ever listen to the Kentucky Dad podcast, you know that we, we do a lot of TV dads, and, and I got to drop this blurb in, too, because very, very important. So, Haley, we actually had three people in a row that listed Tim the Toolman Taylor as their, you know, their favorite TV dad. So Nick Roush from Kentucky Sports Radio, Randall Young, who's Landon Young's father on the football team, and then Jamie Boggs, who works with us at A Sea of Blue, all said Tim the Toolman Taylor. And wouldn't you know it, this week they announced um, Tim the Toolman Taylor and his counterpart Al are actually coming out with a like a home improvement show on the History Channel or something. But we essentially summoned them back to life, Haley. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, but I literally have no opinion on Tim the Toolman. I'm sure <laughs> you, Nick is going to yell at me tomorrow for saying that, but no. Well, I have no well how old are you? When you said you graduated in 2014, <laughs> I was wondering if that yeah, was Yeah, I'm young. I'm young. I'm going to be 29 this year. So that like that, okay. I think. But Nick, I think, is younger than me. So Yeah, yeah. There's, now that you said that, there's there's zero. You should definitely have an opinion on Tim the Toolman. I know. I'm sorry. I guess it just wasn't really my thing. I just didn't really watch Home Improvement. Actually, no, I take that all back. I take that all back. This is the mom pod tonight. Like, that's fine. He's, he's a dad. So that's perfectly fine. So I'm going to let you lead off. I normally go first, but I teed you up a little bit. So is there any, like, TV or movie moms that either you just really like or kind of see yourself in? Oh, this one's so tough. I really struggled with this one because a lot of the shows I watch, since my job every single day is so intense and so, like, it's, it's like a big part of my life and my core and stuff like that. And a lot of it sometimes can be bad news. When I come home, I watch so much trash TV. <laughs> so like I was thinking of the shows that I watch and I don't, I don't even necessarily like the shows. I just like putting on mindless TV that I don't really have to pay attention to. So when I think about like my favorite TV moms, like the first mom that I even think of, and this is so disgusting because it just shows how much kids TV I watch. I love the mom in the TV show Bluey. Have you ever watched Bluey? No, that one's new to me. I do not. It's, know <laughs> so it's like a BBC show. It's literally for like infants. And um, it's a family of Australian like blue healers or shepherds. And um, the mom, they all have accents and it is just like the funniest, cutest little show. But she always is very like, she, she slips some jokes in there every now and then and always tries to kind of like lighten the mood and but it's like a little sassy so I'm like okay like that's me I'm like a little bit of a sassy mm -hmm. mom like I'm not like a I don't know and all all rainbows and smileys mom all the time so I was like okay yeah I can see myself in her but other than that um I don't know that's just such a tough question there's a lot and I had to make a list of multiple ones so like I said mine to, I let off with Beverly Goldberg. I mean, she's such a gem. And we've talked about, um, do you watch the Goldbergs, Haley? I've watched a couple episodes. Okay. So the, the Goldbergs, I, I don't watch a ton of network shows like that, but I really do. Yeah. The Goldbergs is, is kick-ass. It's awesome. So Beverly Goldberg, which we've talked about, Murray Goldberg many times, because he's awesome too. But Beverly is just, I mean, they call her the smother. She's a smother. And she is just <laughs> always pouring joy and they, you know, they over-exaggerated because the kind of the cool thing about the Goldbergs is it's actually like based off kind of like a true story. Like the director, it's about his family. So mm -hmm. he'll like correlate real pictures of like an intense Thanksgiving that she went on or something. But basically, long story short, she is just just that a smother and she just fills everyone with love over the top. She's probably the best TV mom in my eyes. And then I had one actually that I wanted to shout out a terrible mother from a popular show, which most people have this same take, but 
the true villain of Breaking Bad, if you watch Breaking Bad with Skylar, she oh, was just gosh. the worst. Oh, gosh, she was the worst. If you Horrible. asked me to do the worst mom, I could name, like, eight <laughs> worst moms. Like, I hate um, the mother and how I met your mother. I'm like, this is a joke. This whole show was just trashed by this one character who's not even that bad of a character. It was just bad storytelling. Like, worst TV mother of all time. The whole show based on you, how I met your mother. Not a good mom. Yeah, you you were right on that. That came like right off the top of the head too. As soon as I'm like, oh, bad moms, this one. Oh yeah, worst mom, bad mom. <laughs> and then I had one that was kind of just like funny and different. But I have to, if we're doing mom say, like I have to give a shout out to the to the uh, Mean Girls mom who was trying to be cool <laughs> in Mean Girls because she's just she's awesome. That's a great mom. When I was thinking about moms too, I was like, man, if I wanted to be really stupid, I could say Chris Jenner, and probably <laughs> argue it. <laughs> because if, if I mean she's a, she's dedicated to her kids and she's dedicated to, to her kids making money so I mean I guess she's <laughs> okay mom in that way but man yeah there is a ton of them and I, I need to actually I need to get on that but we'll we'll hit our jokes later but I was even trying to google some mom jokes so it's always nice to see that um I guess side of it because it is a lot different than the tv dads we picked so that's why we're, we were happy to get you on and stuff but um, you actually already, we were kind of on the same page with this because you kind of just talked about it a little bit, but I, I did want to hit on somewhat, I guess, of a serious topic to start with you because I, um, I already mentioned like, so my best friend in the world actually worked at Wave. Well, it, it's a crazy story. We knew each other in South Florida when I lived there. He just mm -hmm. randomly got a job here at Wave 3, like before I even moved back. Mm -hmm. And then once I did, we became great friends. He went to Cleveland, now he's in San Francisco, but just being around him and being close with him, like, I know that there's so many times when like he just wears it on his face. It is such a tough job. And like as much as, yeah. you know, we go around every day feeling like it's on top of us, like the people that have to do it day in and day out. So I guess I just wanted to ask you, like you already mentioned it being a huge challenge. So how do you try to balance that, you know, coming home to a, you didn't, I didn't even ask you, I can tell us a little bit about your son too. And then, you know, just that about the news being such a serious thing every yeah. day. For sure. So my son's name is Jackson, not with an X, with a CK. And he will be two in November. Um, he is absolutely amazing. Like I mentioned in the beginning, it's just me and him. I'm, I'm not a first single parent on this podcast, too. Please say uh, that. I don't know. Okay. Ooh, I, um, I think no. of a couple now. Okay. Okay. Just kidding. Well, so I'm a single mom. And um, so I think, honestly, me being a single parent, makes it a little bit easier for me because in this profession which like I'm obsessed with I love it um news is like a part of how I identify myself so sometimes it's bad because it's like what 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 am I without my job as like a journalist and um but uh it kind of adds to the pressure a little bit like I don't really have the option of doing something else and since it's just me and I'm a single parent like I have it's it's only me. Like I am the sole financial provider for my son. I have to grind every single day and every single story that I'm chasing to me is like, okay, you have to do an amazing job on this story. Cause this is how you're going to feed your kid. And this is how you're going to send your kid to daycare. And this is how you're going to uh, put clothes on his back. Like every single story for me, I just take it really seriously. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I feel like I've done a really good job of being able to just completely detach. And as soon as I see my son, it's like, that's it. I try really hard to like put the phone down when he's awake and not like come home and immediately like do all these emails and stuff like that. So sometimes it means I'm staying up a little bit later at night than I probably should be like trying to like find stories or um, get information. But um, I mean, it's a huge part of what makes me, a better person in my opinion working in news and like having things that I'm trying to do to help other people so I feel I'm my best mom when I'm working really hard and trying to help other people and that's just how I kind of balance it all out but I mean yeah sometimes it's it's really tough sometimes the stories are really really dense um, before I had a son and would do all these stories that involve kids um, I was able to do a lot better of a job of just kind of being like that's really sad and it's 
extremely unfortunate, but I can't imagine it. And now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine it. I don't know what I would do in that situation. So things have gotten a little bit harder as a mom, but I just try to put journalism and helping the community and creating the best neighborhood and the best city that I can um, at the forefront of the focus. Because, you know, this, as a journalist who's in her hometown, I want to create the absolute best environment for my son to grow up in. So if I think about every single story that I'm doing as helping to improve Louisville, then I can have a hand in creating the best community for my own son, if that makes sense. Well, that's like blew me away. That's amazing. And props (laughs) to you for having that outlook. And well, you hit on so many things, but I think you have to be the way that you describe to like survive in this business. You have to love it. And if you don't, like, that's why I know there's so many people that are just, you know, in and out of it because it wears on you. I I know it does. I I see it a lot too, but when I'm at Rupp Arena covering a game, like to me, it's great, even though, you know, I, I worked a nine to five that day, but I don't do that same thing every day. And they're just there, you know, just dying for the players to get out so they can just, you know, go home and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. I also didn't know, I didn't realize that um, our sons were that close to the same age. For some reason, yeah. I was thinking he's a little bit older. My uh, Calvin's uh, February. So mm-hmm. he's uh, he was just 18 months a couple of days ago. So and, and I bring that up for one very, very important reason that they are insane. So much different than my girl. Like, I mean, my, like I'm, he's the biggest nut ever. Like I just try to keep him from not injuring himself the entire time. He's my responsibility. So Jackson is like, we went to my parents' house for dinner tonight. It's funny you bring this up, but, um, so we're walking up the steps to go into their house. And I was like getting my backpack out of the car and we are really big on use the rail, use the rail, use the rail, you know, climbing up the stairs. And so I'm like, Jackson, use the rail. And he's just looking at me like, no. And just walks up the stairs without using the rail. It was the first time he'd ever did it. And I'm just standing in the driveway. I mean, they're concrete steps. I'm like, he's going to bust his head. But I knew I couldn't get there fast enough. So I was just standing in the driveway, like, <gasps> like losing my mind a little bit. I mean, boys really are like, I, I don't see myself as a girl mom because of my personality. But like, boys really are testing every single day they're like how can I make my parent lose their mind today (laughs) how can I make them think that I'm going to like fall down an entire flight of stairs or that I'm going to uh stick my finger in this electrical socket that I somehow learned how to pull the little thing the little blocker out of like boys are boys are just wild It's amazing. It really is just the fact that like they're just magnets to stuff they can't have. Like if I set a fork like within a centimeter, you know, that he can actually get there, just that good. He knows it. It's like he senses it, like <laughs> kicking me in the absolute worst places constantly every time. Like he's just it, it amazes me every day when I'm just like, how did he even know like to go grab that wrench? Like, I, you know, that he shouldn't even know it's there type thing. And really, really neat dynamic that I haven't even thought about until you were just kind of going through and, you know, you can just obviously tell how much you love your son is that all of the Kentucky dads, I'm sure that have been on here, we're all mama's boys. So like the the love between a mom and a, you know, a son is totally different. And I, you know, get to experience it every day with, uh, you know, my wife and my son. And it's like, you know, if he does fall off that rail and those stairs, you know, he's running to mom, not to dad. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. Jackson is such a mama's boy and like loves snuggling and mm-hmm. like just loves affection, like almost to a fault where like when he goes to daycare and he's not getting enough attention, he'll like fake trip so that the daycare director is like, oh, Jackson, are you okay? Like he's, he's not even two years old. He's already milking the system. He already knows exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Okay, real quick, and then we're going to take a break. So, sons are similar age. What um, what movie or show are you just binge watching like 100 times a week? With Jackson? Oh, my yeah. gosh. This is crazy, and this is actually really funny. So, uh, I when I was in Pensacola, that's where the naval uh, air base, there's a naval air base down there, and any pilot that's in the Navy had to start in Pensacola. So, there's a ton of jets in Pensacola, like flying at all times, training, whatever. So when I moved down there, I totally fell in love with military aviation, which is like such a weird thing for like a woman my age to be like, I'm obsessed with military aviation. But anyway, so I'm obsessed with airplanes. We actually live kind of close to the airport in Louisville. So Jackson also loves airplanes, just loves airplanes, thinks they're the coolest thing in the whole entire world. So instead of watching like 
bubble guppies or watching like Peppa Pig. We watch air shows. So whenever we're in the house and the TV's on, there's an air show on. We're normally watching like Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds. So like, I'm pretty okay with that. I don't really mind watching a hundred air shows a week. Like that's not really a big deal to me, but he loves them too. So I'm just like, oh, this is a win-win. Yeah, so I read something in your bio about the Blue Angels, and I'm not so much into aviation, but everybody like it's in my family particularly knows this, and it was genuinely like a draw to move back to Louisville, but I adore the Thunder of Louisville Air Show. Like nothing in my entire existence (laughs) when I know the F-18's coming and I don't know where it's coming from, and then it just like breaks the sound barrier. Like when, when I see a plane break the sound barrier, like it just gets me so giddy and like act like a like a laughing idiot. Like I love it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with airplanes. I think they're just like the coolest thing in the whole world because mostly I st- I know that they're science. I know obviously every single day that planes fly, but it just makes no sense to me that something that weighs that much somehow like just is in the air. It's just is cr- so crazy. That sounds so stupid, but I don't care. <laughs> it's just like the craziest thing to me. So yeah, fell in love with airplanes. All right, well, this is, this is going amazing, amazing. But really quick, we're going to jump into some other stuff, but let's um, take a quick break. All right, and we are back, Kentucky Dad Podcast being taken over by the moms today. And I was entertaining the idea a little bit because I was so I was genuinely excited about doing this one. And I was like, you know, Kentucky Parent Pod is not too bad, but we really got the dad pod, dad bod thing going. So, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking too, maybe some grandparents would be cool in the future. So it's a uh, it's all open for interpretation, and um, you know, everyone everyone loves their kids, no matter how they're connected to them, but. We started something last week with uh, Mike Rutherford, Card Chronicle, that a uh, kind of a little little segment I wanted to mix in. And it's a, basically, it's very simple. I'm just going to ask you, do you drink more coffee, soda, or alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> this tells me a lot about a person. Like, I can learn. If I had, like, five <laughs> questions to learn about somebody, this would be on there. Oh, man. Oh, most I- people have a right away answer, so this should get good. I think before coronavirus, I definitely would have said I drank more Diet Coke. But since coronavirus and lockdown and everything, I probably I'm probably gonna have to go with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, very good. So, what about coffee? You're not a coffee drinker. No, I hardly ever drink coffee. Hardly ever. I don't know why. I think that I um, like neither of my parents ever drank coffee growing up. It was just like never a thing in my life. And then uh, when I went to college, the only way I would have probably ever drank coffee is if I went to Starbucks. And I just think spending $5 a day on a coffee is poor money management. No offense to our Starbucks drinkers or like our, our chain coffee drinkers. I just can't, and I can't make it at home the way that I like it. So it just, it's a lose for me. Diet Coke all the way. You have to be the only news anchor that doesn't drink coffee i I don't drink coffee either i always say to every episode because coffee is usually the answer and my answer is always the one that's usually never brought up with the soda i'm like hardcore addicted Mm -hmm. to dr pepper and like la and stuff yeah i'm on the like fitness train right now i just bought a great craigslist deal bike in the kroger parking lot like i've been riding that bad boy and you'll ride it for like you ride it for like 10 miles and you'll get done. And you're like, well, that was like less than one Dr. Pepper. It's, it's so miserable. So <laughs> I, I hate the calorie watching, but I'm definitely soda. And I don't drink any coffee. Like I never, I don't even know that I've ever had a cup of coffee. We talked about this, I think last time, but props to you. Cause most of, I know most of the news people, they really love their strong coffee in um, not very good moderation. Yeah, no, I just, I never was big on, on coffee. It never really did it for me. Even when I was working mornings on the weekend, I would just, drink a diet coke when i got to work just kind of foolish but diet coke people are hardcore too like they would like stab their like firstborn for a mcdonald's diet coke oh my gosh the only place to get diet coke is mcdonald's if you're getting a fountain diet coke from mcdonald's like people that i work with know that like if i'm like in a crappy mood or if i'm just like sad about something they'll just like show up one of my coworkers, jesse always will be like, hey, do you want a Diet Coke from McDonald's? And I'm immediately, I'm like, yes, thank you. I love you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me right behind my son. 
<laughs> yeah, the, I think McDonald's like requires every restaurant to have like that double carbonation. So I know that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Sprite people equate that to crack too. I'm not a big Sprite drinker, but what about, can you drink Diet Coke from like a two liter on ice or is that like, cause I can't do that with my sodas for the most part. It's not the same. I like, I either do a can because mm-hmm. the cans get so cold. My mom always did like the, um, like the individual size bottles, not like the two liter, but like the smaller ones. And I hated those too. They never got cold enough. Um, sometimes I'll do a two liter. Honestly, let me tell you this right now. When I worked in Hazard and I didn't have hardly like $2 to rub together, I did two liters because they were cheaper and I could like stretch them farther, but um, they're not really convenient. So I would literally just like have a two liter under my desk at work. But <laughs> so like, I, it just really depends. I'm, I, I have to do from the fountain at McDonald's like it's not the same to me if I even if I go to like Wendy's I'm like yeah this is like a pretty good Diet Coke but it's not a McDonald's Diet Coke yeah they are they've got a lock on that game for sure and I'm definitely cans bottles I don't even like the 20 ounce twist cap things I don't like it and if I am doing a Mm -hmm. two liter it's like in the fridge and I'm just like grabbing it and you kind of drinking it that way but yeah. Yeah. I love my soda. That's definitely one of my, my bigger vices. So I'm, I'm trying to, to cut it down a little bit, but whatever, what can you do? Yeah. We live our best lives. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things, I mean, I, usually at, kind of after the break, we like to get into a little bit just, so you've already talked a little bit about your family dynamic now, but just like, what does a day or a week, you know, in your household kind of look like, like who, you know, do you have some help with Jackson or how does that go? So, uh, him and I live in a house. I bought a house in December. It was probably like the second Yay. proudest. I've, I know, right? Hold on, I have to interrupt oh you. God. I have to interrupt you. Go for it. Because I work in finance. I have to interrupt you because you just, just the previous statement, you talked about not having $2 to rub together in hazard and mm-hmm. look how hard you've worked. Single mom yep. came in the game and now you're yep. best thing you can do. If anyone's listening out there looking to up their finances and make a good long-term plan, buy a house, the best thing you can do. So congratulations. Thanks. And honestly, you really don't even have to have that much money to buy a house. I like always had myself convinced that you had to like make six figures to buy a house and you just don't. It's not like that. I mean, I have a two bedroom, two bathroom house. Uh, It's like 1200 square feet. So it's not like a ton of room, but it's enough room for me and Jackson. I mean, it's got a backyard. It's got off street parking. It's a great mm-hmm. house. You know, I'm not going to tell you how much my house costs, but yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a great house. And I was really proud of myself for being able to you should be. Yeah, it's amazing. Then every, the best part is, I mean, every single time you pay your mortgage, I mean, it's just money back in your pocket. Every, you know, nail you put in that wall, you're getting back. So great, great Mm -hmm. investment. You should, you should be proud of yourself because it's, it's um, not something everyone can do. There's a few components with all the stuff. So well done. Thank you. I'm proud of myself too. So I bought a house in December. I lived with my parents for the first year that I was back here because there's just no way I could have done it without sure. them especially in this i can't even months. imagine like the oh my god even today i'm like my wife's uh she's been she stayed home from work the last couple of days we both like manage banks and mm-hmm. you know kids been sick there's no school can't go to school mm-hmm. what you know so she stayed home a couple of days and like every day i'm like man like i'm not so <laughs> mad i have to go to work today like i can't imagine with one person and all the responsibilities i just see her doing i feel like i like to think i help a lot so sheesh i can't <laughs> I understand why you needed that support yeah for sure so uh i moved out like right after he turned one it was a couple months after but um i mean every day pretty much looks the same for us i wake up at like 6 30 uh get half ready for work getting ready for work takes so long for me because i have to wear so much makeup <laughs> um so i like get halfway ready for work get jackson up uh get him ready for the day and then we're out the door he goes to daycare uh monday through friday and they are so amazing i told him the other day that i feel like they're a second parent like sometimes i'm like you're jackson's dad and i'm jackson's mom (laughs) but um and then i go to work i work from 8 30 to 5 30 which is like the most ideal news hours it like yes that's exactly my schedule lucky you oh my gosh i'm blown away i know well so my boss is a working mom and her boss is a working mom. So when I came to them and I was like, I really need something, you know, please help me work with the schedule and let's figure something out. And they were like, absolutely, we got you, let's do it. It's like, let's figure out what's gonna work for all of us. So I feel very lucky to work for two super understanding, like boss women, they're so amazing. 
But um, so then I work till 530. I do the four o'clock news. Uh, it's a solo show. So it's like just me and the meteorologist and then our um, amazing sports director, Kent Spencer, drops in every now and then. And then I go get Jackson. I come home. I try to make dinner at home most nights um, just because it's so expensive to eat out anywhere. And I am trying not to get Jackson hooked on fast food. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my generation, it was definitely like Happy Meals all the time, mm-hmm. which like no shade to any of our parents like not a big deal but at the same time i'm like trying to get jackson to like expand his palate so i cook dinner and then we hang out he takes a bath we watch an air show he goes to bed it's a pretty mm-hmm. simple day and then i sit on the front porch and do a podcast so yeah. that's um that's wow that's like our life the same i said i work 8 30 to 5 30 and it's mm-hmm. so weird too and like it was, i want to see if you agree or disagree but like there's certain days when like I love my routine. I'm five minutes from work. I get home. Same thing. We'll make dinner, you know, with the kids. We'll play some rock band or something. We'll watch a movie, give the kid a bath. Everyone kind of, you know, the older one flits and does whatever she does. And, <laughs> and then there's other days that I'm like, I get home and like, we're, you know, starting that trend. And I'm just like, it is, ah, just like feel so trapped in. And I'm like, we do the same thing every night. But for the most part, I feel like I like it. So I'm kind of in a constant battle with that because there's never anything, I guess, really to do anyway. Yeah. I think for me personally, um, I feel like I live and die by my routine and my schedule. Um, I think that I have been kind of, I don't want to say strict because he's not even two yet. I can't really be a strict parent, but I am really strict about schedule. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why um he's an amazing sleeper like has been an amazing sleeper since he was like four months old like sleeping through the night 12 hours every night and that was a huge thing for me with my job is that I was like I cannot do this job efficiently if I am exhausted and if I'm waking up three and four and five times in the middle of the night with Jack so we like have to have our strict routine especially since it's just it's me versus him some days so I'm like we have got to be strict on this routine or you know any little any little cog that falls out could could create a disaster for the whole rest of the day so I'm pretty strict on the routine um I mean yeah there's absolutely days where I'm just kind of like wow, it was so cool when it was just me and I was taking care of me and could lay on the couch for like eight hours and watch Netflix on a Saturday. But I definitely think it's more rewarding now that I have kind of like my little partner in crime who's like, come on, mom, like, let's go on a walk. Let's go to the zoo. Let's go do something. So I mean, yeah, I guess I feel like every parent probably feels trapped every now and then by their routine. But um, I don't feel as bad about it, especially right now, just because like you said, there's nothing that we can really go do so it's not really a big deal to me right now yeah we usually do like a quick a little like um COVID coping session so how's that you know how has that impacted you I think one of the biggest re- things that made me so sad is I kind of feel like again our kids are about the same age I kind of feel like in some ways like uh he got stripped of that like awesome summer like he's 18 months old yeah. like it's so fun to go to and we live actually by Tyler Park area and mm-hmm. they just built like we moved here last summer. We're like, oh my God, this awesome splash pad they're building is going to be done in like May of next yeah. year. Like it's fate. We bought this house and now we just like get to go look at it behind fence. Like it's finished and everything. So how has like things, I guess, changed for you with COVID? And then, you know, what? I guess, what did you feel like maybe you guys missed out on? Yeah, no, I feel like, um, I feel sometimes I'm a little sad about it when I really sit back and think about it. Um, but I think that it also like kind of pushed me to get like super creative and try and like figure out ways like, okay, well I'll just buy like this little sprinkler thing and we can do water Mm -hmm. balloons, like things that I probably would have never thought about doing with a kid his age. And, um, so I think it's, it's definitely been tough. I know that people who have school age children are having a much tougher time. So I don't want to complain too much. Um, but I, I, especially with like, trying to juggle the NCI stuff and this and that, it, it sounds honestly like a nightmare. And I'm kind of thankful that I don't have a child that's that age. But um, yeah, no, I definitely feel like we have missed out on a few things. I worked from home, which like in news, whoever, I never ever thought that my job would be a work from home situation. But I worked from home for like 10 weeks and like shot up, set up a studio in my kitchen and that was really tough when daycare was out my my bosses were like yeah we're gonna go ahead and send you home and i was like are you sure and they were like yes go go home work from home and um so that was kind of tough and and weird but um i don't know i I mean kind of like you said the splash pads like i think gosh like jackson would love this and even just like 
like playgrounds. Like I have one of those little um, plastic slides that's like just a slide at my parents' house and he like adores that. So I can't imagine how much he would love to be on a playground every day. And there's, um, I live really close to Shelby Elementary and they've got an amazing playground over there. So all summer when, I, you know, kids are obviously not in school. And I was like, wow, this would have been perfect to just like take him over there at like 9 a.m. when he's first waking up and like burn some energy off before nap time. Like that would have been great. But yeah, I think there's a few things we've, we've done our best when we can. I mean, when the, I bought zoo memberships this year because I was like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is going to be clutch. We're going to go to the zoo yeah. all the time. I'm going to pick him up from daycare and we're going to go straight to, you know what I mean? Like even just for an hour, like we're going to go to the zoo, whatever. And it's, and now you have to like reserve tickets like days in advance. And like, that's, I don't feel like kids really work on a days in advance kind of like, Oh, can you tell me how you're going to feel in like three days? Like, are you going to have a temper tantrum mm-hmm. in three days? <laughs> so I feel kind of weird getting the reserve in the tickets, but um, so we missed out on a little bit of zoo. We got to go uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And it was really cool to um, see him do that. But I mean, I, was just like wow he loves this he would have loved to do this every single day all summer long but you know we'll see yeah my brother's a huge huge zoo fan he takes his family a lot and i, I promised i would shout him out too because he's one of your biggest fans he loves all what? your shows he's jim dad on twitter i don't know if you know jim dad on twitter jim but dad i'm gonna have to oh yeah jim dad duh at first i was like jim like j-i-m yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. Jim, jim, jim dad, dad. he's great yeah. him and his wife are both great yeah, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. So, yep, they're so awesome. that's my brother, and he did. I told him I'll try my best to sneak in a shout-out because he really – he was excited that I was going to have you on too. <laughs> and you mentioned water balloons. So, I'm not sure if I've told this on the Kentucky Dad podcast yet, but, like, we was, like, wowing with water balloons this summer. Like, I've easily spent probably, like, 75 bucks on water balloons. <laughs> and then finally we went back, and I'm like, they had this, like, really awesome kit of, like, all these water balloons, you know, got all the, like, clips of them and launchers yeah. and stuff. So I'm like – Man, so I did the math. I'm like, oh, we're spending way more than, you know, getting this kit. So I bought it. And forever, I never had anyone to do the launcher with because, you know, I live with my wife. You really need three people, actually, is why. So we haven't had been able to do it. So we had some people in town. And, like, I could have got arrested dead serious for how high we were shooting (laughs) these water balloons. It was, like, a health hazard. And we just couldn't (laughs) stop doing it. It was, like, we have a metal roof. And on everything, I swear there's dents on it. Like, I mean, we were getting, like, four second hang times on these water balloons it was insane it really it really um it made my summer a lot better it was a highlight of summer 2020 for sure do you buy the ones where you like screw the thing onto the hose and it like fills up like 20 of them at the same time oh yeah only way to go only way so clutch i think about my mom and i talked about this the very first time we got them this summer i was like mom we used to get in fights like literal physical fights the siblings did trying to fill up water balloons and like being like you need to do this and you need to do that and you quick doing that and like sit out on the driveway for hours filling up water balloons and now we do this in like 20 seconds are you kidding me that's like the best invention ever i hope whoever made that up has a zillion dollars yes the only thing they need to figure out is the cleanup of water balloons And I have a little story of that, too. So, again, same, uh, you know, situation. We're using the launcher. We're breaking all the laws. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And so we we must have probably did – they're coming 25 packs of one-year time, but we probably did over 100, probably 125, I think. Mm -hmm. And so we're leaving. There's a few people helping. You know, they're like, oh, let's all help clean these up. They had a few kids. My daughter – Lily, if she can hear me, says, no, don't worry about it. We'll get them all. So uh, if you could have seen my face when we could have had six or seven people just knocking it out. And instead it ended up because if you had to guess, Haley, do you think a 12 year old followed through with picking up these 125 water balloons? No, I'm 28 years old and I didn't follow through with it. I yeah. it was we played them at my parents' house and then I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna leave." Like, <laughs> yeah. it was, there was no, there was no help for me on cleaning up the water balloons. That's great then at the parents because I'm telling you, it's not just like one of those things where like it's easy to let go because they're like neon yellow, neon pink, neon blue. So like everywhere you go, you're just like, man, these are everywhere. So that's the only thing about water balloons. But man, what a, who doesn't like water balloons? Seriously. I know they're so much fun and they're so easy with kids. I actually um, posted a video on my Twitter. I'll have to unearth it and send it to you. But um, I accidentally hit Jackson in the face with a water balloon, like <laughs> really hard. And the video is not, it's not a good look for me as a mom, but um, it was an accident. <laughs> and like we said, in the very beginning of this thing, kids are super resilient. Mm-hmm. You're not going to break them. He, for, he was just kind of like, did you just hit me in the face with a water <laughs> balloon? 
So no, he is fine. Every mom has that story too. Every mom has the story or like, I guess it's like an ever evolving thing where like they feel like they injure their little baby boy in some way. And you can just tell they like, it just, it eats them up and makes them sad. My wife has one now because I don't remember what happened, but she ended up, you know, making him cry about something, dropping something on him or something. And she just still beats herself up. And I'm like, he's fine. He's fine. I, you know, I'm, we're jumping off the couch like all day. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like everyone for sure has that story where they're like, well, there was this one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can kind of start on one last topic. I think I wanted to hit that. This is my favorite part about doing this is we, you know, we don't talk a ton about sports. So I have to do about zero preparation as far as like statistics and making sure I know what I'm talking about, reaching out to people, et cetera. So it seems like you're obviously you love sports. You wrote, I I wrote that on my paper. I saw that you um, did women's basketball writing for Kentucky sports radio. Mm -hmm. So just talk, I guess a little bit about, you know, your kind of your love of sports and how you ultimately decided to, I guess, choose a a career in media. And ultimately, I guess, would you, you know, what do you see yourself doing? Would it involve sports down the road? Uh, I, you know what? I don't even know how I really got into sports because from the, from when I was in grade school, I was like, I definitely want to do news. Like I want to be a journalist and like, I want to tell stories. And I don't really know how sports really became a part of it for me. I mean, I loved Kentucky sports radio. I loved it. I think it was more of, I love the way in which they tell sports stories. And there wasn't a lot of outlets at the time when I was working for them or interning with them that really let people kind of interject their own like opinions or their own like sass into stuff like that. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like, here's this really cool job. I like sports as a fan, you know, I'm not like telling you the coach's blood type or whatever the joke is, but um, I was a good enough of a casual sports fan that I was like, this will be really fun. And this will really help me with my writing skills and like help me build the voice that I want to have as a journalist. I think sometimes journalists get so caught up in, um, in, these stories that they don't let themselves be humans first they think that you always have to have on this super professional buttoned up persona and you really don't like it doesn't have to be like that all the time you can when you're out doing stories like you can laugh with people if something happens that's funny and you can hug mothers that have lost their children you can be a human being. And I feel like Kentucky sports radio and sports in general has always kind of let their reporters be more human. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get into sports. I'm going to, you know, kind of take on some of that. And then maybe once I learn how to do it good enough, I can kind of transition it into news and transition it into like my brand and my personality and like how I want to uh, represent my community as a journalist. So uh, women's basketball, they were like, do you want to cover women's basketball? And I was like, I mean, if that's what you all want me to do, I'll do it. I, don't, I really don't care. I, that's totally fine by me. Um, I learned a ton about the team at the time. And honestly, since becoming a parent, I feel like a lot of parents get to watch more sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like I watch a lot less sports now that I'm a parent. Like I've totally fallen off of I don't know. I feel like I get so wrapped up in other stuff that like sports is almost like the last thing on my, on my to-do list. And it makes me kind of sad sometimes. Cause I'm like, man, I used to like live, breathe, eat and sleep basketball at the university of Kentucky men's and women's especially. And now I'm like, uh, do I even know any of like the incoming freshmen this year? Like, can I even name one of them off the top of my head? I'm kind of embarrassed by how far I'm, how far I've fallen off of the throne of, of sports and sports media. But um, I mean, I love sports. I think that, um, that sports will always have a really special place in my heart. Um, I like when I can find a way to put sports into my requirements for work or put sports into my stories for work. But I don't necessarily think I see myself getting back into like a strictly sports field. And I'm okay with that. I think that um, people who cover sports, I mean, like you said, where you, like you were saying, like, if you are covering sports, and especially if you're a female covering sports, you will never be good enough to some people. There are some people that will discount you just because you're a woman sitting in the room, or they'll say, oh, she only got here because she looks like this, or oh, she only got here because her dad is this person. Like, they just totally discount any of the hard work that sports, female sports reporters do. 
And I have really, really thick skin from working at KSR and from mm -hmm. having a, a foot in the sports media world. But I don't think I can do that every single day. And I, I mean, there are some, some really, really, really tough women that work in sports media that I feel like still they just get, they get too much crap thrown at them, honestly. So I was like, you know what? I love sports, but I'm not going to let people like talk mad crazy about me just because I like sports and want to do sports for a living. So maybe I wasn't tough enough to do sports. That's fine. I'll admit it. I wasn't tough enough to be a female in the sports world, but there are so many that, that are amazing and that deserve to be there and have earned their seat at the table. So I always do everything I can to support amazing women that work in sports media. Yeah, I don't know if it was even too scared. I mean, because I, I kind of get with you. Like, I had to take, like, a break from Twitter and stuff because when you do, you know, try to take on that sports thing, I guess it's kind of similar with anything, but especially sports, it's, like, so much responsibility. Essentially, like, you're building a brand. Like, you're not even really covering sports. Like, you're kind of just building a brand for whoever you work with or yourself, and you're just always feel so obligated for, like, a hot take or to make a prediction or, yeah. to, you know, it's just like a who can be the snarkiest on every sports topic. So it really does weigh on me a lot, at least with social media. And I've learned it took me about a year, but I learned that same thing. Like, I feel like I have the best of both worlds with like a normal job. And then I get to do this stuff part time and can kind of take a step back. Because also I've said this a few times on the podcast, like for me, for example, I mean, I definitely bleed blue. Like I love it. And it's changed it so much for me, just like having the access that I have. And like, I can ask, like, if you would have told me three years ago, like I've asked John Calipari a question, I would like, my head would explode. So <laughs> it changes it for you. And like, and part of me is like, you know, I know if this was like, unless I maybe had kind of like my own deal going, like if I was working for someone doing it, it would just kind of, I think like ruin maybe something that I love so much. Yeah, it does. It does make it different. I mean, um, when when something that you love becomes like your profession you kind of look at it differently and sometimes there were things that I would struggle with like when um when I at my first job in hazard they were like oh like you know if you want to hang around for a little while maybe in a couple of years like we can get you into the sports department and I'm looking at their the people that work in their sports department who are covering you know on on Friday nights you cover high school football but in hazard there were like 30 counties and like 60 football teams that you were responsible for covering. And I was like, I cannot in my brain <laughs> make myself care about 60 different football teams and know enough about each one of those football teams. And they are like driving all over the mountains, like crazy people on Friday nights trying to get to all the football games. I was like, I love sports, but I, I can't make myself care about all sports. And that's really what you have to do to be successful in that field. Like you can't, sometimes you get, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, we need you to write about like women's tennis. I don't know hardly anything about women's tennis. And I don't know if I could, it would feel disingenuous for me. Like I would feel like a fraud if I was trying to write about women's tennis because I, I couldn't, like everything that I was writing about, I'd be like, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Maybe, oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> So I was like, I can't, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Oh, that happens to me from time to time. And it, it is the worst. Like I remember a few months yeah. ago, if anybody remembers this as a Kentucky fan, well, Kentucky offered an eighth grader in football, like literally offered an eighth grader. So, you know, I get my assignments from a sea of blue. So pops in my inbox, like, Hey, can you write about this? And I like, I remember thinking like, dude, there's no information online about an eighth grader. Like, yeah, I know nothing like, it's about a this kid. <laughs> it's a kid. Like, I felt so weird being like, oh, okay, you want me to, like, talk about how this, like, 16-year-old dropped a, dropped a pass at football? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do it. It just, it was, I don't know. I mean, I, I have so much respect for people that do it full-time, especially people that are doing it in, like, small market full-time and are really, like, throwing themselves into learning every single thing they can about you know, even like the, the smaller schools, like D3 schools and D3 sports, like people that can do that, I have nothing but respect for them because it was really, really hard for me trying to like wrap my head around it and like get into it. So I think that's amazing when people can do that. Yeah, you mentioned it already, like with your work here, you feel connected to it and, and Hazard you didn't. And I'll just tell a quick story about Hazard because it relates to the time so much. But I've told this to people before. So I played, um, I played a basketball at Moore High School here in Louisville, mm -hmm. and we went to play Hazard. 
Mm-hmm. And they prepped us like crazy, right? I'm the only white guy on the team, like all, like three of the four years I'm there, but definitely this year. And I vividly remember like before we went, like we're about a few, like 30 miles out or something. And the coach grabs every player and like, make sure they're like, Hey, this is, you know, however long ago, like make sure you're sticking together, make sure you're doing this just because it was so out of the element for them. And I didn't get that speech. So it kind of is just a little bit different. And I don't, I know that it's just, gosh, it's, is it one of the smaller markets in Kentucky? I mean, how does it compare? Cause I, I feel like when we talk about hazard, we think it's like one of the smallest towns in Kentucky. Yeah, no, I mean, hazard is, is tiny. Um, so this, it's really weird. And it's funny when I tell people this, they're always like, really? But, um, it's kind of like a split market. So they cover, um, the way that DMAs for TV, the market areas are, are divided is not like just by state. So like within Kentucky, we have the Paducah market mm-hmm. and then we have the Louisville market. And then we have um, like Cincinnati covers like Northern Kentucky irregardless. So, you know, it's broken down in all these different markets. So like the coverage area for that station in uh, hazard technically bleeds into like three different TV markets, but because the majority of the counties are in the Lexington market, it's technically a Lexington, Kentucky station. Mm. So it's like so weird because you're like, I'm living in hazard and I'm technically like competing against these stations in Lexington. They have like all these resources and all these bodies. And it's like me and three other guys sitting Uh in this room, like, Hey, what are we doing tonight? And they're like, Oh, we're going to send you to uh, Letcher County. So you better get ready. You're going to get in the car and drive an hour and 20 minutes. And you're like, Oh my gosh. So um, yeah, it was a really tough, tough market. Um, I met some amazing people when I lived and worked down there and I met some not so amazing people, but I mean, that's like anywhere you'll ever live in your life. You're always going to meet people that are like, wow, this person like just totally redeemed this entire experience. (laughs) And then you're going to meet people that you're like, it's 2016. How are we still living like this? Well, it gives you a good kind of like a, a broad experience too, you know, because now you're in the biggest city in Kentucky. You've covered one of, I guess, the smaller markets, you know, kind yeah. of at least where you live. So it kind of gives you some street cred in the Commonwealth, I would say. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we had um, a couple of, maybe it was, I don't even know, time is all running together, but I maybe it was a month ago um, when Governor Bashir announced that there had been a, um, a high school football team that had a bunch of case spread that they were able to like contract trace back to one family that went on one vacation. And then there was like 30 people who had come into contact with that one football player while he was at practice or in the weight room or something like that. And we started doing this digging and we're like, Oh my gosh, it's hazard. So they were like, Haley, who do you know in hazard that you can call? And I was like, Oh, I got this. Don't worry. It'll be fine. (laughs) So, um, I mean, people, people that I met when I worked there are like so fiercely loyal and if you are their friend and you were good to them and they're good to you, like they'll be good to you for the rest of your life. Like it, it's so amazing to me. I feel like it's very unique and such a beautiful quality to have. And I feel like that's kind of lost sometimes when you get into the bigger cities. Like there's not as much, it sounds so weird, but there's just like not as much loyalty in Louisville. Like I love my neighbors. They're great. We hang out all the time. But if I was like, hey, can you help me with this story? They'd probably be like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you can call people from Hazard that you haven't uh, talked to in months, if not years. And they're like, okay, yeah, I can do. What do you need? Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is a little bit inter- different dynamic. I always say that, I mean, when you, you can, you're five minutes out of Louisville and kind of the world changes, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. Sure. You, it's totally, totally different. But all right, so we can start wrapping up. We always ended on dad jokes, but obviously tonight, I mean, even though I like literally don't know the difference, I think you just replaced dad with mom and all the jokes, but um, they're very similar, but I, I Googled some, so um, if mine are bad or good, it, it wasn't, obviously I'm not making these up, but I will let you go first, Haley, if you have a, I guess it would be deemed a mom joke. So I wanted to put my own little twist on this. No. Oh. <laughs> Instead of doing a dad slash mom joke, I did a yell mama joke. <laughs> oh, oh, I saw, oh yeah. I read one that I thought was a yell mama joke. And I was like, 
me and my brother were just talking about that um uh the living color when we watched that it was it was so great but okay sorry to interrupt you go no you're good okay so i did uh yo mama is so dumb she climbed over a glass wall to see what was on the other side <laughs> uh it's taking me back did you ever watch in living color when they did that like that, no. was, that was great yeah they had like a whole I think they called it like the Dirty Dozens, and it was like Jeopardy, but like in Living Color style. Oh man, I I might have to like pull some of that up for the next podcast, man. That was really good, man. That that actually made my whole night. Well done, good job. That's two times in a row people have just like crushed me on the jokes. Um, Mike Rutherford, if you didn't listen to last week, I mean, I'll, I'm gonna retell his joke. It was so good. Yeah, he tell was me. basically just like, you know, hey, bef- before we get started, he's like, listen, bef- before I tell my joke, you know, I want to tell you a story, you know, talking about, you know, kids and everything today. But, you know, we had a serious situation where my daughter, you know, swallowed, you know, some like my little pony stuff or something like that. And just wanted everyone to, you know, kind of know what to do in that situation. So we got to the hospital. All right. So I kind of got cut off there. I'm not even really sure. Well, I'm pretty sure I was at the very end of the joke, but long story short, it's going to suck now. But Mike, Mike had us thinking we were really hearing this serious story about his daughter swallowing some like my little pony pieces and he gets to the doctor and he's like you know he rushes out and basically says don't worry her condition is stable <laughs> so he was like full commit on the joke and like process mike he's so funny i don't know if you know mike rutherford but man that dude's like he's a good follow he's a really good follow yeah he makes he's so funny and makes me mad sometimes i guess he's like I, he was made for twitter he really was i put up with the fandom the uofl fandom it's some people are so annoying about it that I'm like, God, I can't even follow you. But he's a perfect balance of like loves you of L, but also like so funny that I can't not follow him. Yeah, so he's I'm rational like, too. I mean, he realizes that it's, you know, we even talked about a little that the rivalry is very one-sided right now. So he knows he kind of has to keep some tight lips on that. But yeah, Mike's the <laughs> best dude. All right, I have a couple mom jokes here that, like I said, I kind of just looked up as we were going here, but a few good ones. So why is a computer so smart? Because it listens to the motherboard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, why did the baby cookie cry? Because his mother was a wafer so long. <laughs> they're terrible. I know. I'm, um, they're awful. All right. Um, um, let's see. I had another one. Okay, this one. This one was my favorite, and I don't. I don't know if you're a fan of these, but I sure am. So it says. I really love my kids, just not enough to flip the fish sticks halfway through when I'm cooking them. But I do love them. Oh my gosh, so relatable. <laughs> yes, that was great. So relatable. <laughs> that was so good, yeah. Because I'm a big, I love fish sticks. They're my, and that's so. And my actually, that's it's a little backwards for me because my wife was like, "You need to flip them," and I'm like, "Just throw it on broil. Like I just want them crispy. We got this." Like. <laughs> fish sticks? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a a, a grown like. You know, picky kid, that's uh, yes, but no, I'm not a picky eater at all. I no? wish that I could prepare like nice quality meals every night, but it's by far the biggest dilemma in our house is just how what every night we laugh about it because we go, I'm hungry, then we just start laughing because it's going to be 20 minutes of what are we going to eat, what are we going to do. So <laughs> we really need a game plan. We got to step our game up with like some box delivery food, get on our click list, something because our eating habits are trash right now. Listen, I used to be so bad, but then when I became a mom, I was like, okay, I'm doing baby led weaning. So like whatever, did, I, yeah. whatever I eat, Jackson is eating. So <laughs> then I was like, oh, that means I have to eat like broccoli and asparagus and like <laughs> some like vegetables and then like a solid like meat dish. So as soon as I became a mom, I like learned how to cook. I actually made, uh, not last night, but the night before, I made this like beautiful like scallop pasta dish with like a homemade alfredo sauce it was so good and i was like as i was eating it i was like man Haley, three years ago could have never <laughs> she could have never done this i so want to i just need to i just need to invest the time i guess in doing it and we did the baby i can never say it right but we did the essentially baby the, da- the bad the dad's probably aren't going to know but this is basically like like Haley just said you just kind of let your kids eat like reasonable things that adults would eat kind of just let them grab it and go for it so my wife heather wanted to do this i was like sure you know it makes it easy you don't have to make a lot of baby food but like two or three times you know because they do they kind of get choked up right because they're learning to eat and i'm just like slamming my hands on we're not choking them like i don't care what it's called i don't care what's in your pinterest magazine whatever like we're not doing this and i remember like getting angry like i was like screaming because it's scary like it always if i get startled i get angry and you know like when your kid's choking you just freak out but 
she shows me the article like it's part of it and i guess the all the things she wanted to accomplish with it did happen because he's a great yeah. eater and stuff yeah no i mean my that actually is like exactly how my mom was with it because she was like we would have never ever just handed you guys a banana and let you figure it out and i was like well this is what we do now <laughs> this is how we teach our kids to eat now and i she always had to for my sister my sister's one of those kids that like every single thing on her plate had to be cut up before she would eat it like my parents had to like cut every single thing on her plate into like these little baby bites like basically until she was like seven and I've literally like never had to cut hardly anything up for Jackson and like I sit down to eat and we both eat at the same time I don't have to like feed him and like all that stuff so I think I always am like do baby wed leading it's the best thing you can do for your kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good mom joke, too. And I just self-discovered this one because I, I say this one all the time. And it's like, you know, my mom as a mom, like, shut up and eat it and you're going to like it. It's like my mom as a grandma, like, do you want me to cut your sandwich in stars or fish? <laughs> it's like, that is the truest thing ever. Grandparents, like, just spoil everyone. You're like, you were not oh like this gosh. when it was me. Yes, grandparents. My parents, spoil, every time we go over there, and we go over there a lot, probably at least once a week. They like have, they're like, oh, do you want like this? We got you this book or like we got you this toy or like, oh, we have some, like tonight he went over there and at my house, he knows that we eat dinner before we get any kind of treat. And we walk in the house and he's like ice cream. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You haven't even had your dinner yet. No, there's mm -hmm. no ice cream. And he started throwing a fit and my dad was like, well, can I just like give him a graham cracker? And I was like, no, don't, no, quit crumbling to this child. He's not even two. He has no power over you. It was <laughs> so goofy. Well, I'm, I'd be lying because my, I'm six five and like my son terrifies me. Like I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to beat me up by like age like two. I really, too, I'd love to see like um next to each other. We'll have to get them together at some point because yeah. I'm pretty sure my kid's like an absolute monster. Like when we took him, he was uh, just off the charts. I think he's like 34 pounds. I can barely lift his pull up. What? So yes, he, he is a bruiser. I'm telling you, like literally bruises me. So oh we're, we just try to tame him and hopefully we got a couple more years of this and we can wrangle him in. Wow. That's hilarious. Well, all right, Haley, I can't, we went over than we normally do and I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's always a nice like kind of way to vent and not talk about as serious stuff. So thank you so much for taking, you know, an hour or so out of, out of your evening. We really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on and giving me the chance to be the first mom on the dad pod. Yeah, I'm like, my wheels are already spinning. We're going to have to figure out a way to kind of take this further and maybe, like, integrate you a little bit more. Like I said, I already have the grandparents' ideas. Like, the, <laughs> the options are limitless. So we will definitely be in touch. And thank you again. And we will see everyone next week. All right, perfect. Thanks for having me.